Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. You're visiting with us. We, we do expository preaching. That big word just simply means this, is that, is that I, I, I just preach through the Bible. We're in the book of Revelation. We've been in the book of Revelation for many months. I don't even know how many messages now. We started with Revelation chapter 4. We had previously preached a series of messages on the seven churches of chapters 1, 2, and 3. We started in chapter 4 many months ago. We're going verse by verse. Um, uh, We're necessary word by word trying to explain the word of God. The book of Revelation holds intrigue because it tells us what's about to happen, what's going to happen in the future. And all of us, we want to know what is going to happen in the future. We find it fascinating. Let me just assure you, if you're a Christian, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to be spared from all that we've been talking about for these past many months. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Um, It's desperate what's going to happen uh, in the future. So what has happened? over the past several months, is that we've examined a a number of different judgments. They're called seal judgment, trumpet judgments, and we get to Revelation chapter 16, and we're we're introduced to seven more judgments. So this is going to make a total of 21 types of judgments that is going to be unleashed on this earth um, by both God and uh, the Antichrist will have a, a part of this as we've already established. Last week, we were back in Revelation chapter 15, and we found ourselves in verse number uh, 6, and the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials. If you're a student of Revelation, you may, uh, you may use this term interchangeably. So that, so that it's not confusing to us this morning, bowls and vials are used interchangeably. So if, you, so if I were to say the seven bowl judgments or the seven vial judgment, um, we're talking about the same thing. And I may this morning interchangeably use those terms. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to be consistent so as to not be confusing. But uh, we're looking here at the seven golden vials. Um, uh, we talked last week about how to celebrate victory, and we are going to celebrate victory if we know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, knowing this, that every sin's going to be accounted for, sin's going to be taken care of, and we learned last week that your sin will either be pardoned in Christ or it's going to be punished in hell. And the fact of the matter is, is that we live in a sinful, wicked, sinful, ungodly world. Um, And sin will not be overlooked. Friends, you sit here this morning, you're a sinner, and I'm a sinner. There's not a one among us that will sin. I love my granddaughters, and and every grandparent thinks their grandchildren are perfect, and they're better than someone else's. 
Well, we have eight grandchildren. Three of them live here in Tucson, and we have the opportunity every once in a while to babysit them and spend time with them. And um, we have one granddaughter in particular, the youngest of the three. She is just an amazing little girl. She loves to push the buttons of her older two sisters. And she's the younger of the twin, and she looks so sweet and innocent and naive. There's no way she could sin. She sinned this week. <laughs> Grammy had her, and she sinned this week. Um, she is not always so sweet. Even at two years of age, we have all sinned. There's not one among us who has not sinned. And therefore, that sin must be dealt with. And we looked last week and we saw people that were standing on a sea of glass. And, and that, we know that symbolically they were standing on the solid word of God. And they were to sing about the works of God. By the way, that's what we did this morning. And that they uh, would experience uh, the severe wrath of God. And so this morning we get to uh, these seven vile judgments. And we're going to look at them, uh, all seven, this this morning. Uh, it is going to be uh, a surreal time on this earth if you are here. Now, if you're visiting with us your first time, you're going to hear what we call the gospel message this morning. You're going to hear about Jesus Christ. You've actually heard about him through our singing this morning. And the Bible says this, is that there's coming a day when there's going to be judgments on this earth. And if you have heard the gospel message and chose to reject that gospel message, that you will be without excuse. And one day, when the rapture takes place, the church is uh, raptured away from this earth. There's going to enter a time period called the tribulation period. At the three and a half year mark, it's going to become the great tribulation. And we cannot re-preach all the messages this morning, but suffice it to say, it is going to be a horrible time on earth. We are now uh, at, a, a, at the great tribulation. And if you look with me in Revelation chapter number 16, we're going to see here uh, a couple of verses to begin with. The Bible says this in verse number 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple. Let me stop right there. We've already established the fact that the temple has been rebuilt. And we're so thankful for that. We know that even today, if the rapture were to take place today, that within three and a half years, all of the materials are already assembled to rebuild the temple. It can be rebuilt. So there's nothing that prevents Jesus from coming back today. And so there's this voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Folks, what I'm about to share with you this morning should scare you. If you're lost, it should scare the hell out of you, so that way you don't want to go to hell. I'm saying this morning that you should listen carefully to the message, because what I'm about to share with you this morning will take place on planet earth. And if you know not Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're not dead already, you will experience this. Verse number 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the man which had the mark of the beast, and upon them 
which worshipped his image. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will be evident this morning, that souls will be saved. But Father, that Christians, that as we look at our own lives, that we not, might not be scared to share the gospel message, that we might be willing to obey you, to go, to tell others so that people will not die and go to hell, that people will not live through this time period. Father, would you guide my words and my thoughts this morning in Jesus' name, amen. So we come to the first vial. We read that in verse number two. And the first vial is this. There is going to be a contagious sore. There's going to be a contagious sore. You say, well, Pastor Armstrong, we've already looked at at 14 other judgments, and some of them uh, are pretty severe. My friend, the Bible is very clear that all of those who take the mark of the beast after the rapture takes place, in order for those people to buy and sell, they will have to take the mark of the beast. Uh, What we do know is this, is that they, every person who takes the mark of the beast is going to have a sore. Do you see the irony here? The mark turns into a, can, a, a, a cankerous, contagious sore that is horrifying and putrefying, and it's incurable. The Bible is clear. If you take the mark of the beast, you will get this incurable sore. And the first bowl only affects those who have chosen to follow the Antichrist and not those who have chosen to follow God. Folks, the mark of the beast is not here yet today. Why is that? The rapture hasn't taken place. The mark of the beast is to come. And we spent a whole message on that. And if you're interested in that, you could certainly listen to that message. Then we come to verse number three and we see vial number two. In vial number two, we see a contaminated sea. A contaminated sea. The Bible is very clear. We do not even have to to use our imagination about what the Bible is about to say. For in verse number three, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And then I want you to notice, if you're marking your Bibles or you're taking notes, the Bible is crystal clear about what happens. And every living soul or thing or fish or organism died in the sea. Here's a dead world lying in its own gore. The sea becomes not blood, but the Bible says as blood. By the way, God could turn it to blood if he wished, but it says as blood. You find it interesting that down in the state of Florida, ever so often there's a phenomenon that occurs called the red tide. And there are these little tiny microscopic microorganisms um, and these one-cell organisms that by some strange alchemy, they turn water uh, to the appearance of blood. It turns it red, and it poisons all of the sea life. It causes an awful stench. And they say eating fish contaminated by the red tide brings a violent sickness to anyone who eats fish. Is that what this verse is talking about? I'm not sure. However, here's what I do know is that the hungry are going to be hungry. And we know that so much of the world depends on the ocean as its source for food. The food supply is going to be ultimately contaminated by this second vial. The second bowl reminds us uh, of the remaining life in the sea. Remember, we've already established the fact in one of the earlier judgments that we examined that one-third of the sea life has already been killed by the second trumpet. 
Now, here we are, the second vial is uh, poured out, and make no mistake, my friend, there is coming a time when every single thing in the ocean and the sea will die. And the food shortage that will take place will be unlike anything this world has happened. That's going to happen during the rapture. Oh, look with me. Drop down to verse number 4. We see it only gets worse because there's a corrupted stream. There's going to be a corrupted stream. In verse number 4 and following, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. And for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. I want you to notice that God never forgets. And there's this acknowledgement here in verse number 6. Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous, are thy judgments. The same Jesus who turned water into wine is going to turn the water into blood according to this passage. And this angel declares that God is just in his judgment because the evil people of the earth, they've shed the blood of believers and they now will drink of the blood. My friend, it sounds gross. It sounds disgusting. And it will be. And it's coming to planet earth. When there'll be no fresh water from the ocean and there'll be no fresh water from the streams and the rivers, there's going to be no food. These vials are horrible. But it only gets worse for we read about vial number four, a a consuming sun. A consuming sun. In verse number eight and nine, and the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power is given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. My friend, you talk about global warming. It is coming. And there is absolutely nothing that some wicked men uh, that espouse the, the nonsense that's going on in our world today that can do to stop what global warming will take place during the rapture. When Jesus Christ died, he, uh, the sun hid its face and refused to shine. But now, when Jesus Christ is being manifest in all of his glory, there's going to be erupting flames of fire and judgment. Oh, maybe we call these solar flares. Uh, whatever they are, uh, the heat is going to be intense. And The Bible even says, will it cause men to repent? No. It won't cause men to repent. It'll cause them, the Bible says, to blaspheme God, according to the Bible. The Bible says they blaspheme the name of God. If the love of God does not bring you to repentance, then I can assure you the judgment of God will not bring you to repentance. My friend, there is coming a day when I can absolutely assure you that the sun is going to dry up. The sun is going to cause heat blisters. The sun is going to cause people to beg for death. And they're going to curse God because of this vial that's poured out. Then we see vial number five. We're introduced to a confused sinner. A confused sinner. 
Notice not only the consuming sun, but confused sinners. Notice in Revelation chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness. Their beloved beast will not be able to help them now. And notice what the Bible says. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. There's going to be a crescendo of hurt and it's going to culminate in a crescendo of hate as they hate God. And the darkness here doesn't necessarily uh, speak of a physical darkness but of a moral and a spiritual darkness that's going to engulf this world. By the way, my friend, today it is repulsive that there are parents who would take their 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds to some hospital to have their gender reassigned. It is, uh, it, is a, it is an affront to the face of God. It is wicked. It is evil. And by the way, they should put every one of those parents in jail for child abuse. But it'll be nothing about uh, that today is nothing like what's going to happen during this time period. We don't even understand the depth of sin and depravity that will take place during this time. The darkness is so agonizing that the people gnaw their tongues in pain. Let's be reminded that they already have the mark of the beast and therefore they have these incurable sores. And these sores are only going to be manifested with a lack of food, a lack of water. These sores are only going to be made uh, worse by an intense sun that burns the flesh of their skin. And now there's going to be a penetrating darkness uh, that will uh, destroy uh, the way these people think. And they will curse, literally curse God and beg for death. But it doesn't stop there. There's vial number six, and vial number six is a controlling spirit. A controlling spirit. The sixth bowl dries up the Euphrates River, preparing a way for Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet to, uh, to deceive the remaining leaders of the world and to prepare for that final battle that's going to go against King Jesus at a place called Armageddon. Oh, please follow along as we look at verses 12 and following. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now here's a vial that's going to be poured out on earth where it's not Jesus pouring out the vial. And as I've told you before, the dragon and the beast and the false prophet, they're what we call the unholy trinity. When hell is having a holiday, they're going to be working here on earth in what is called the great tribulation. And we read about these unclean spirits here in verse 14 through 16. And the spirits of devils, those are demons. There's one devil, many demons working at the behest of Satan. And the Bible says they're working miracles. Demonic powers have, have been given to them that they can have a miracle power. And don't forget, the Bible says, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day 
of God Almighty. My friend, there's going to be people that you know that live through the tribulation that are going to be compelled to go to the Middle East to fight against God Almighty. He's talking about the battle of Armageddon. Notice with me verse number 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and see, and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. These demon spirits that are already working in the world are drawing the nations in the final decisive battle of mankind. I don't know what world war this will be, but it will be the final world war when every nation is going to go against the little country of Israel with Jesus as the leader. And there's going to be a final decisive battle unlike this world has ever seen. And they go out into the hearts and the minds of people, these demon spirits. Do you ever wonder when you read the newspaper or watch cable news or perhaps read an internet news article about suicides and bombings and retaliation? You say, how can it stop? When will it stop? There seems to be some kind of mastermind, some Machiavellian evil power that's just driving men and driving women and driving men to this cataclysmic event. Well, friend, if you think it's bad now on planet Earth, you wait till the church is removed. We've never seen anything like it's going to take place after the church is removed. Now, what happens here in vial number six is according to the scripture that the river Euphrates is dried up. The river Euphrates is the dividing line between the Near East and the Far East. It's a river some 1,800 miles long, 3,600 feet wide, an average depth of 30 feet. And this river Euphrates Euphrates actually flows uh, past modern-day Iraq, which is biblical Babylon. And we're going to say more about the Battle of Armageddon. We have a whole message that we're preparing about the Battle of Armageddon, so I'm going to leave the Battle of Armageddon for now. But here's what's going to happen in vial number six, is during this time period is what I want to call uh, your attention to these controlling spirits. These are spirits of demons that are working in the hearts and minds of the national leaders of the world. Oh, you think there's division right now? There's Russia against Ukraine. There's China against the rest of the world. And there's Myanmar against its own people. And, and there's the United States. Uh, 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 have, we're at odds with different people. Taiwan against China. There's all kinds of world leaders against uh, uh, different world leaders. At this time, they will all become united by these controlling spirits. And then that climaxes with vial number seven something this world has never seen and will never see again, and that is a cataclysmic shaking. A cataclysmic shaking. The seventh bowl announces the end of the judgments on the world. There, there will be great earth. There will be a great earthquake as this earth has never seen before. In fact, the Bible says that the city of Jerusalem will be split into three parts, and the cities of the nations will fall. Mountains and islands will completely disappear, and giant 100-pound hailstones will fall on top of people. The people will curse God, and they still will not repent. And this bowl has some interesting parallels to the moment of Jesus' death on the cross. Would you, this morning, look with me in verse number 17 to see how it ends? And the seventh angel 
poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, would you read these next words with me? There's a, there is a, a voice out of the, uh, the, from the throne, and it says the three, these three words. What is it? It is done. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. And the words that Jesus said on the cross parallel to this time period, King Jesus is going to declare, that's it. It is done. Jesus died for our sin. He poured out his blood for our sin. He bowed his head. He said, it's done. It is finished. It's completed. Redemption is completed. And it's at this time, right here in Revelation chapter 16, that retribution will be completed. It is done. Verse 18. And here, how's it going to be done? And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake. Such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Don't forget, friend, that the secret of our victory is the wrath of God. You see, apart from the wrath of God, apart from the righteous judgment of God, there can be no ultimate victory. Sin must be dealt with. Verse number 20, And every island fled away, disappeared. The mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. A talent was about all that a man could carry some 2,000 years ago. Uh, here's what the Bible is saying. There's going to be missiles of ice weighing hundreds of pounds falling upon men during this time period and uh, uh, in the immediate aftermath of this great earthquake. And the Bible says in every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hell. Although this brings us to the end of the chapter, I want to conclude by, des by describing these vile judgments uh, by saying, folks, we have the victory. We don't have to live through this time period. Amen. Our victory, listen, comes through three things. The Word of God, the redeeming works of God, and the ensuing wrath of God. And I trust this morning you've accepted his forgiveness and his redemption. As I conclude this message, the Bible, this chapter ends with talking about cups. And the Bible teaches us about three cups. The chapter ends by talking about people drinking from the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, do you remember what happened? Oh, he drank of a cup. Do you remember what it was? What was the, in that cup that the, that, the, that the soldiers gave to him? He took the sin of mankind upon himself, and he carried it to the cross. And thank God he was willing to drink that bitter cup that represented so much of our sin and unfaithfulness to him. The Bible says there's also another cup. The psalmist said in Psalm 116, verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Because he drank that bitter cup, you can drink this other cup called the cup of salvation. And if you fail to drink of the cup of salvation, the Bible says this, there's a third cup 
waiting for you. And as I'm standing here, the Bible is crystal clear. It's called the cup of the wrath of God here in Revelation chapter number 16. And I've said before, I'll tell you again, that God never overlooks sin. Never. I said it earlier in the message that your sin will be pardoned in Christ or it will be punished in hell. But there is a way that you can have victory. There's a way that you can celebrate victory. There's a way that you can stand on the reliant, solid Word of God. There's a way that you can sing of the redeeming works of God. There's a way that you can see the righteous wrath of God executed upon His enemies if, you, if you'll trust Him. If I could do it for you, I, I certainly would do it this morning. All I can do is beg you to take care of it. God sent me to tell you He loves you. And as a pastor, as a preacher of the Word of God, He wants to save you. He wants to give you life eternal. And He will do just that if you'll trust Him.